Uh, my name is uh, Robert Gonzalez. I am 16 years old. Uh, I attend Lane Tech right now. And I've uh, been going to Good News Bible Church my entire life. And today I want to talk about fasting and how essential it is to the Christian lifestyle. Let's start by answering the question, what is fasting? Well, most would consider it a simple ritual in which you take a day and you choose not to eat. But I've learned otherwise. You see, fasting is something you do as a sacrifice to God. Through fasting, you show Him that you know that you won't die if you skip a meal or if you skip a day of eating. And that even though you may be suffering inside, that through that pain, He will be there for you. And you can come to Him and, come, and He will comfort you. He will lay those pains to rest. Now, some people fast for different reasons. Some fast because of a situation, something, a problem that they have. Some do it because they have a burden on their heart and they need God to lift it from them. Some people do it just so that they can get closer to Him. Um, though um, Daniel was a man of God who even though he was given royal treatment when it came to food, he refused, he refused to take it. In Daniel 1.8, it says, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Daniel refused to conform to the ways of this world that he lived in and chose to show God that no special treatment towards him would separate him from God. His motivation wasn't selfish, and he did it to show God that he didn't need food to survive, but rather that he needed God to survive. This brings me to the Israelites. Israelites would fast as well. However, they had the typical definition of uh, fasting. They saw it as a simple ritual that they do because, you know, it was part of their culture, it was part of their religion, it's part of what they do. And um, if you read in Isaiah 58, 3 and 4, uh, they say, Why have we fasted? They say, And you have not seen it. And the Lord replied, And he, they say, Why have we humbled ourselves? And you have not noticed. And the Lord replies, Yet on this day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. This alone shows how seriously God takes fasting. This alone is proof that we need to have the right heart and the right motivation when we fast. Otherwise, fasting is empty. It's nothing. It's, it's as if you wasted a day of eating nothing. You, there, there is nothing there. From the way the Israelites are speaking to God, it doesn't even sound like they necessarily understand or that they felt the effects of fasting. 
See, my brothers and sisters, when we fast, we evolve spiritually. We gain a better understanding of God. And we develop a better relationship with Him by praying in those times of weakness and pain. However, in order to gain that understanding, we need to pray during our fast. Without prayer in our fast, there is no point in doing the fast. Prayer is communicating with God, just talking to Him, just, just crying your heart out to Him, letting Him know what you're going through. Without, this is the necessary ingredient in fasting and is necessary in order to grow spiritually. God gives us some guidelines about prayer and fasting, as noted earlier in Matthew 6.16 um, and 6.5. And 6, but I'm just going to read them really quick. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners by, to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Matthew 6.16 goes on to say, When you fast, do not somber as the hypocrites do, for they, desire, they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. When I look at these two verses, I see major similarities between them. Particularly, the use of the word when. Jesus, Jesus says when you fast and when you pray. Because He's assuming that the audience, those that are listening to Him or reading the Scriptures, are already doing it. He, it, it just shows us that God expects us to fast. He's not saying if you fast. He's saying when you fast. God is not saying that fasting is optional, but necessary if you expect to grow spiritually. That's exactly what God wants from us, is to grow spiritually. He doesn't want us to be satisfied with where you're at. As Christians, we, we should always be striving to move forward in the Holy Spirit, because when we get too comfortable, we leave ourselves open to the enemy, and it's easier to fall into the temptations of this world. Sorry about that. Another point I want to make is that fasting must, must be aligned with God's will. Fasting is not a magic formula for getting our way. You see, when King David committed adultery with Bathsheba, he was expecting a son. However, in 2 Samuel 12, 13 and 14, the prophet Nathan tells David that his son will not live. Specifically, it says, Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But, because by doing this, you have made the enemies of the Lord show utter contempt, and the son, the son born to you will die. It then goes on to say, then goes on to say in verse 15 and 18, After Nathan had gone, the Lord struck the child and, and became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and went into his house and spent nights and days on the ground. The elders of the house stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused. He would not eat any food with them. And on the seventh day, the child died. God had already made up his mind with that baby. 
he already decided that the baby wouldn't die. And nothing David would have done could have changed that. David thought that if he fasted, he would be able to save the child. But that wasn't the case. Because just because we fast doesn't mean we can manipulate God. We can't use fasting as an excuse. We can't say, oh, I fasted. You, you, should, you should do this for me. No, it's not, it doesn't work that way. If it's not in line with God's will, it won't work. Now, David's outcome was the exact opposite of the Ninevites. These people were evil and wicked, and God spared them because of their, of their repentance. Um, in Jonas 3, 4, and 5, it says, On the first day, Jonas sta- started into the city. He proclaimed, Forty more days, and Nineveh will be overturned. That's all he said. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. And it goes on to say in verse 10, When God saw what they did, and how they turned from their evil ways, He had compassion, and did not bring upon them the destruction He had threatened. God chose to spare their lives because they repented in their ways. And that is exactly what God wanted them to do. What they did was perfectly in line with the will of God. And because of that, their prayers were heard and they were spared. Now, in closing, I felt the effects of fasting. The, the wonderful things it can do to you. The way it opens up your mind. The way it, it turns you into somebody you never thought you could be. It releases your spirit. It, it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. And... I would like to challenge you all today to take that time, to take that time to fast and see if it does not change your spiritual life. I guarantee you, it will. Because, because I've experienced it before. And if you have the right heart, if you have the right motivation, you can't go wrong. God will reward you. I'd like to just close in a word of prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this message, Lord. I thank you for giving me this opportunity to share what I've learned from your word with this, uh, with this church, Father. I, I, I pray that, that, uh, everybody understands that this is not, these are not my words, but your words, Father, and that they understand that the glory doesn't go to me, the glory goes to you. In your son's name, amen.